You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome to the show. Thank you for hitting play on another episode. If you are new to the show, we just want to extend a genuine warm welcome to you. And if you are a returning listener, we will just like literally never get over how thankful we are for you that you continue to listen and share this show. Like genuinely, holy crap, you're amazing. Whether or not you're a new listener or not, everyone's amazing. Anyways, today's episode is going to be a little bit less business-focused and more lifestyle-focused. We talk a lot on this show about motherhood and balancing both business and personal life. And today's conversation is something so tender and close to both of our hearts. We're chatting with our friends, Cheyenne and Colton Lowe, about their journey and passion for adoption. Now, Cheyenne and Colton Lowe are full-time wedding and elopement photographers based in Kansas. But even more than entrepreneurship, one of their most sacred callings on their life is caring for the fatherless. Adoption was never a question of if, but when. And with all of Cheyenne's siblings being adopted from India and having the privilege of accompanying her parents across the world to get her sister, adoption was so deeply imprinted on her heart from a young age. And she's going to tell that whole story like in the show, but her eyes were just permanently open to a large world with unfathomable need and an orphan crisis of 150 million abandoned children that is preventable. Now they know that they have been put on this earth to advocate and be a voice for the vulnerable and the voiceless. And they are honored to be parents and open their home to these children. And they want to be a resource to equip and motivate those around them to do the same. So today we had the incredible opportunity to talk to Cheyenne and Colton all about their heart behind and their journey with adoption. We talk with them about what the adoption process looks like, the best way for someone to learn about adoption, misconceptions around the topic, and tips on how to navigate such a mentally and emotionally taxing opportunity in a beautiful and healthy way. And this conversation is so rich and beautiful. And whether or not you've ever felt in your heart that you are pulled toward adoption or not, you'll want to listen to this and have your heart wrecked in the best way possible by Cheyenne and Colton. So grab some tissues, curl up in your favorite chair, grab a beverage, and let's get to this conversation. All right, all right, all right. The Next Heart Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas on October 10th through 12th, 2023. We are freaking out, guys. The Dallas Heart Conference presale tickets are live right now. This week only until Sunday, October 23rd, presale tickets are 40% off. We are absolutely insane for doing this, but we love you guys so much. And we wanted to make this next conference as accessible as possible to you. They say everything's bigger in Texas. And honestly, we took that a little bit to heart because the Heart Conference is coming back bigger and better than ever before. And we want you in the room. This is going to be the biggest event of the year and you do not want to miss out. But don't take my word for it. Here's what some past Heart Conference attendees had to say about their experience. Morgan said, this week changed my life, period. Allie said, I would have paid five times over to go again. The gals from Savvy Design Co. raved about the Heart Conference saying, this week will go down as one of the most pivotal experiences in our business. And our girl, Christiel, said, to say this was transformative would be an undersell because I don't think I could put into words what it felt like to be fully accepted and cheered on by 150 plus fellow entrepreneurs. Friend, do not wait. You need to be in this room. It's going to change your life. To snag a ticket for a whopping 40% off, the cheapest it will ever be this week only, head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference. And we cannot wait to party rock in Texas with you next year. Again, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference. Do not wait. Dallas is calling. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. 
Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Diane and Colton, welcome to the show, guys. This is such an honor to have you. We're so grateful you're both here. Hi, thank you so much for having us. We've been looking forward to chatting with you guys about something super special, and it's just such an honor to like be here on the show. Thank you also, so much. for everyone that's listening in, <laughs> um, we rarely get to do this, but Shine and Colton are our neighbors here in Kansas, ironically, and so uh, we're doing this in person. Obviously, Evie is just in California chilling. I'm but, just alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just alone, but we, me, Colton, and Cheyenne are all chilling here together, so it's really fun to do this in person. Yeah, we literally just walked here from our house. So it's yeah. super fun. <laughs> I love this. Okay. Well, as we, before we like dive in, clearly Lindsay knows you guys very well because you're neighbors, but for anyone who doesn't maybe know who you guys are and our listeners, do you want to share a little bit about who you guys are and your story? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we are the Lowe's and we're husband and wife team in business and life. We're full-time wedding and elopement photographers. We live in Lawrence, Kansas. So obviously you know that if you know where Lindsay lives and, uh, we've been married for about six years and I have been shooting weddings since 2014. And we like legit started our company and Colton joined forces business-wise in 2017. And, it's been so cool to travel together. Um, we shoot weddings coast to coast and it's been a wild adventure just getting um, to know how to navigate work and life and marriage and business all together in one, but we we love it and we thrive on it. Yeah. Well, like literally, you, I, I joke that you guys drive everywhere. Like yeah. literally, like I'll be like, hey, want to come over for dinner? And you'll be like, I'm sorry, we're in California. But we drove. <laughs> and then... Literally yesterday you were in Colorado. Yeah. And yeah. I was like looking at your stories knowing that this was happening at my house today. And I was like, this is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Literally I this morning. Well, this morning I watched your stories, but it said like 14 hours ago and you were summiting a mountain in Colorado. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I trust it. Whatever. Yeah. Literally, I was thinking about the podcast on the mountain. So we just make it all work. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we are so excited. We're not here to talk about traveling, unfortunately, <laughs> for another day. Um, but we want to talk about your adoption journey because we know that that is something so close to your heart and yes. something that we have not actually talked about at all on the show. We talk about motherhood a lot and just balancing work and life and, and all of that. There are a lot of lifestyle topics on this show, but adoption is something that we are so excited to just kind of do a spotlight on. Um, and so just to start off, do you want to share a little bit of how you both came to this decision? I know that's probably yeah. like... A long story, maybe. I don't know. Yes. Buckle up. Okay. Yes, I'm right, I'll story. grab popcorn. I'll lean back in my seat. Okay. Maybe tissues too. Maybe. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Guys, get ready. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, it's a unique way to start a family and it's not talked about very often. So we really appreciate um, and just want to acknowledge like how awesome it is that you guys are having this on the podcast because it should be talked about more often. So thank you. Um, but yeah, so we, um, as we said, we've been married for six years. Um, we always thought we'd have kids by like maybe year two, year two came, we looked at each other. We were like, let's get a dog. We're not ready. <laughs> so anyway, we just, um, wanted to kind of get to a point like where, um, we had experienced some stuff with marriage and work and stuff. And I feel like it's the age old thing where I was nervous. How are kids going to fit into business? Like yeah. Lindsay, you get that. Um, 
I just had some nerves and none of it was from like my own experience with my mother. Cause she was, she's a wonderful mother, but I just was very nervous about becoming a mother. And I just asked that the Lord would soften my heart and make those fears like disappear when the timing was right. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to August of 2021. We had always planned, um, to have a biological child first and then adopt. And um, August 2021 came and the Lord asked me to switch that order. Um, Super shocking. It just like literally brought me to my knees, but it actually made sense. And any fear that I had about being a mom completely crumbled. And I said, yes. And also, Lord, you have to work on my husband's heart because this was not our plan as far (laughs) as timing goes. So I prayed about it for a few days. Um, Then I brought it up to Colton and he... And when she when she brought it up, I would. I mean, she would. She brought it up the subject, and asked how I felt about it. And like at that moment, I was literally googling adoption info, like getting just kind of the basics wow. of how the process worked and everything. Like, yeah. Like, so I mean, it just his heart had been going through that same process at the same, same time. time that week, and it was all the confirmation that we needed, and just such a sweet. I feel like gift from the Lord that yeah, like just confirmation. This is where you're supposed to go yeah. right now, and there's a child <laughs> literally that needs you right now. So. um Basically, like we have a pretty extensive history with adoption. My siblings, um, I have two of them. They're both adopted from India. Um, uh, So I was a child and I actually got to go with my mom and dad to India to get my sister. And I'm so thankful that they allowed me to come and didn't listen to the people around them saying, that's crazy. You shouldn't bring a child like across the world. Like that's dangerous. Right. Like a five-year-old to India. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not something, especially then that was really done. Um, and that was like literally nine 11 days. So like, there was just not a lot of people that did that and they really wanted me to experience it. And I literally would not be where I am today if I hadn't experienced that. Um, I think being in an orphanage, seeing kids, my own age, um, in their circumstances, not having a family, not having enough to eat, um, you can't unsee those things. Mm -hmm. And I was able to go through my upbringing after that with my worldview formed from that experience. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was incredible. I mean, there were, there were kids literally reaching out of their cribs, crying, wanting us to take them with us. And that is like Mm -hmm. my last memory of that orphanage. And I knew then that like, this was something I was supposed to do. And there was like a not just to get my sister, but like even, even another reason why I was, you know, allowed to go there. So I grew up with adoption being my normal. I was the only biological child in my family. We all looked different and had different stories. And it was just beautiful. It was like, just so normal. My sister, my brother and sister loved the fact that they were adopted. It was just really, um, just like a natural, beautiful process, the way they bonded to us. And I was excited to eventually find a husband who would see eye to eye about, um, kind of, the call on my life to care for the fatherless. Um, so, yeah, so for me personally, adoption was never something that I really thought about a ton growing up. I mean, part of that's just, I'm a guy, so I wasn't necessarily <laughs> thinking about kids and stuff. I mean, probably more than the average guy, but he still did, not on did. the level of like shy. So, um, anyway, for it's me, like, yeah, how I, do I specifically want children <laughs> in the future? Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I had like, you know, a cousin who was adopted and I knew other people that were adopted, but it was never really on my radar. Um, but when we started to hang out with Shai and her family and getting to know them and getting to know her siblings, uh, I just really saw the beauty in that and the, the awesome relationships that all of them had and the, the good that it brought and the, yeah, just really the beauty in those relationships and yeah, what it brought to their family. Yeah. My siblings added nothing but good things to our family and mm-hmm. they got a family. So like, just such a, a beautiful process that happened. So Colton knew early on that 
because we were friends before even dating and whoever marries shy is going to adopt. It's a package deal. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, so yeah, adoption from day one was not a question of if, but when, and, um, yeah, so God, that brings us to August of 2021. God totally stepped in and shifted the narrative and shifted our plan. And, um, it's really taught us like on a very deep level, what it means to say yes, when he changes your plan and calls you to do big things that take, Mm. um, a lot of trust, a lot of surrender and, um, it's been a wild journey, but we are so incredibly, um, thankful. And I think we really needed like a little bit of a wake up because, um, I think it's so easy to get stuck in just like your day-to-day life and not worry about the things that don't directly affect you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just doing your comfortable things, the things that, you know, maybe you're focused on growing a business or earning money or, you know, like traveling, whatever, like those were kind of our, our things that we were focused on. But I honestly think that when it comes down to it, we're not always called to live a life of convenience or stay in our comfort zones. Um, And, um, if we step out and wildly and passionately follow him, he will sustain and provide. And we just have to go where he tells us and, um, Mm -hmm. just watch the beauty unfold. So, so good. (laughs) So we, um, started out kind of what shook us was everything happening in Afghanistan that month. Mm -hmm. And there were, um, thousands of refugees fleeing and, we heard of a group of orphans that had been evacuated um, in Kabul and brought to the United States. So that was about a five-month journey of trying to pursue refugee adoption. And we pursued hard and were met with a lot of um, just a lot of no's, a lot of closed doors and um, like legal red tape, which is really sad because they needed homes, but there was just too much in the way. Um yeah. So anyway, uh, in December, um, we were talking to a refugee, um, like agency and they were just like, you know, I don't know if this is going to happen for you guys, but after like getting to know you on this call, why aren't you guys adopting from India with your family's history? And I, it was kind of a light bulb for me. Like, Oh, of course we should adopt from India. Like that would be such a a gift for your child to have an aunt and uncle and a family. From their that, country. Like, yeah. From their country that have the same, a similar story and a heritage and everything. So we don't look back on our months of pursuing Afghan adoption as like a waste of time or disappointment, because I feel like sometimes you have to go through a season of no's and closed doors for God to eventually get you where you need to go. And you need to go through that process to ultimately get there. So did you want anything about that? Okay. So I think really to share like how we got to the decision to adopt, you have to kind of share the why behind adoption. What does God say about it? Um, specifically, what does international adoption look like and why we specifically landed on India? Mm-hmm. So our philosophy kind of behind adoption is that ideally children should be with their birth parents. Like that's how God designed it. And it's sad and unfortunate, but we live in a fallen and broken world where children are separated con- like constantly from their parents parents for so many reasons. Therefore, children need families. Mm -hmm. That's just like the bottom line. And there are um, 153 million orphans worldwide. That's insane. And that number is increasing. I I can't process it. It's just, it's so crazy. And I feel like it's so easy to just go about our days and not really process it or just, you might know it. It's not in front of your face. Yeah. It's so easy to just like put it off to the side. But as believers, we believe that we are called to be the hands and the feet of Jesus and not just know about a fact or pray about a fact, but actually get in and do the work um, and like take action. And we're supposed to strive to be like Him. Um, and a lot of people don't know this, but the Bible is like 
packed full of glimpses into the father's heart for the way he views children, but specifically the way he views orphans, which mm-hmm. is so cool. Colton, do you want to read some of those verses? Yes, I do. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I think it's kind of a classic saying that we all know that widows and orphans. Uh, yeah. But yeah. yeah, there's just so many there's more specific people. examples. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the heart of God, you know how he feels about them, but there's just there's literal words. Um, so we'll go ahead and read a few of those. Uh, Deuteronomy 10, 8, he defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner among you, giving them food and clothing. James 1.27, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress. Psalm 68.5, fathers of the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God. Isaiah 1.17, learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans. Proverbs 31.8.9, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly defend the rights of the poor and the needy. So just a, a handful there, um, just just so clear, we think. Yeah, uh, how... we take that as, it's not a suggestion, but it's a command. Mm-hmm. Um, so we view adoption as like a beautiful outpouring and extension of the love that we've been shown from our yeah. Heavenly Father and how He's adopted us into His family. And there's very much like a stereotype where people kind of view people like us that are adopting as like rescuers or saviors or trying to get accolades. And it's so different than that. Like we are not the rescuers or the saviors. We are, this whole process has shown like really our weakness and our like how we have to rely on God and how he is the one that um, saves these children and how we are just the facilitators of it. And we're loving because he first loved us and we're adopting because we've been adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, and two verses that are kind of um, on our heart just about how we've been adopted. Do you want to read those, Colton? You want me to do it? All right. Yeah. Romans eight fifteen. You received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now you call him Abba Father. Ephesians 1, 5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So this is kind of like, just kind of a hard fact, but we truly believe, and we fall into this category, but believers are missing the mark when it comes to this. Um, we we live in a culture that we believe um, it's glorified to live for yourself and to live comfy. And um, really it's, it's statistically with marriage and even giving birth and like all these things, those are going down. Anything yeah. that takes like a lifelong commitment, people aren't as readily doing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and adoption is very much in that category too. Um, so yeah, we just, um, we want to go where God tells us and however it happens, just follow him hardcore. So there are three kind of types of adoptions. Um, and we just want to kind of highlight specifically international adoption because that's where he's called us. You can do domestic adoption, which is very needed um, as well, which would be within your own country. Um, for us in the United States, you can either foster to adopt or you can be on a wait list to adopt an infant. Um, both are beautiful. Both are needed. Both totally fall into the, that scripture that we read. And there's also international adoption. And there is, unfortunately, some controversy over international adoption because some people kind of wonder, why would you go to another child? or another country to get a child when there are so many kids here that need homes. Right. Um, and that's a valid question. But the way we like to look at that is all children are image bearers of the king made equally in his eyes, no matter where they are. So it really doesn't matter where you adopt. And we, we I kind of view the way God looks at like creation is it's his one creation. Yeah. He made everything equally in his eyes and he considered all of it beautiful. And it was man that established 
country borders and cultures and stuff. And that wasn't even what he had made originally. So it's just like, bottom line, go where God calls you to go. If he calls you to adopt in your own city, go. And if he calls you 8,000 miles away, like he has with us, go. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, one thing that really particularly led us to international adoption um, is just uh, the need that is there. So like we said, we, we might adopt domestically someday. Like that's definitely not out of the question for us, but right now we're in the international adoption journey. So we're just going to highlight specifically some of the need there and kind of the differences, but in the United States and the foster system, although the foster system like definitely could be improved, there needs to be more people that stand up um, to provide good homes for these kids. These kids are at the end of the day, they do have food, they do have shelter, they do have medical care, they do have education, and they will have opportunities as an adult. There are laws within companies that don't discriminate against kids who were brought up in the foster system. Um, that's not the case in orphanages in other countries. Um, many kids who are in um, developing countries and in orphanages, they they don't even make it to adulthood. They don't have enough to eat. They're trafficked. Um, they don't have medical care. They don't have education. Therefore, if they do make it to adulthood, they cannot find a job because they have no education. Therefore, they're on the streets. Um, so it's just like, it's very like destitute situation. It's yeah. just um, very hard. And um, international adoption has decreased significantly. Colton, do you want to go over some of those numbers? Yeah. So in 2004, for international adoptions, there was about 22,000, almost 23,000. And that would have been like right a couple of years after my parents adopted yeah. my siblings. That still feels like a low number. It is. It does, it but is. it gets worse. <laughs> oh, gosh. 23,000 yeah. doesn't seem like a lot, and it's not. But uh, by 2018, so a few years ago, that was already down to 4,000. 2019, oh. 2020, there was only 1,600 uh, international adoptions in, in, into the U.S. I mean, there, there yeah. are more in other countries, but to the U.S. internationally, only 1,600. That's just a fraction of what it was. Well, do you have like the number of like, when you said how many orphans are in India? And obviously and, that's so just that's one. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's kind of what uh, we're 31 gonna million orphans in India alone. So yes, of that 150-ish um, in the world, 31 million of those are, are in, in India. India. Yeah, which is wow. honestly like a huge reason why um, my parents went with India and why we're following those same footsteps. Um, there's more orphans there than any other country in the yeah. world. And for those 31 million orphans, I mean, just to paint the need even more, in India, there's only 30,000 adoptive families per year there. So, or not even per year, I think that's yeah, just there's like only on 30, the list. People, so. There's only 30,000 Indian citizens willing to adopt. Because well, I know from our like private conversations, mm-hmm. you told yeah. me that like for Indian adoptions, they... I like they go to Indian parents first. Yes. But if there's yeah. only 30,000 to 30 million. Yes. <laughs> so, it so it's not it's really making a dent, honestly. So yeah, in, in a country of a billion people, there's only 30,000 people that are doing domestic adoptions within the, the country. And often those adoptions are only um, perfectly healthy kids. Um, wow. So yeah, there's incredible poverty and malnutrition and lack of medical care. Um, this number is crazy to me, but one in every three malnourished children in the world live in India. Wow. Whoa. That's very eye-opening. Um, there's a huge crisis of unwanted girls that are abandoned. There's a huge crisis of kids abandoned um, that have unwanted disabilities. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of need and there's an estimated 16 million current victims of human trafficking in India alone, and some of them are as young as four years old. Wow. And I go straight back to the, the orphan situation because so many of them, either they'll age out of the orphan system um, 
or they'll be taken out of it and then we'll go be trafficked. Yes. Uh, and some of the, some of those orphanages only will keep the kids till age seven. So they're wow. aging out at seven and going to the streets basically at that point. And if you're a girl, there's a really high chance that you'll be trafficked. Very high. Wow. So it's hard to fathom. Like yeah. I've known these numbers for so long and I still can barely get through them without like tears coming to my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that covers basically that question. No, yeah. that was uh, a lot, probably a lot more than you asked. Yeah. So. No, that was <laughs> so good. Well, I really love that you actually highlighted, like, obviously it's not fun to say numbers like that, but no. that's like the genuine reality that I think yeah. a lot, like you said, kind of at the beginning, a lot of, I think American culture mm-hmm. it turns a blind eye because it's not in front of us. They don't see it. And I also like that you, I love that you're choosing adoption, not as a backup, because I think right. a lot of people, they either like are infertile or struggle with infertility yes. or can't have kids or it rarely, I feel like, do you ever see people choose adoption first Yeah. versus, and it's always like, it always feels like a backup plan to yeah. something going wrong with totally. infertility or something like that. And so right. I love that you kind of just highlighted like, Hey, no, God put this on our hearts to intentionally do this. And this is why. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. We were, uh, yeah, going to highlight that a little bit later, but it is true that even for our situation, for anyone, adoption is always assumed to be a plan B or a mm-hmm. last resort or a second choice. And honestly, if that's always the assumption that devalues the children that are being adopted, yeah, like a second, they're like second rate if yeah. you have that mentality. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're wonderful. There's nothing mm-hmm. about them second rate. So Yeah. Well, I think there's something even to be said in what Lindsay just said, which you kind of touched on this, like the tiniest bit, Cheyenne, but I almost want to touch on this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned, you know, there's an assumption that adoption is only ever the backup plan or the option. Do you, do you know, like, is that actually the case or is it just assumed that you know, I'm sure there are absolutely couples who, you know, have desired to have their own children, aren't even considering adoption and then kind of come to some sort of reality or, you know, situation where they have, you know, are, are kind of given the opportunity to look at adoption and then realize the, the beauty and the power that's in it. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like, at least from my experience in my own life and in many of my friends and family members, adoption has never felt like a backup plan. It's, it's, only, you know, maybe like timeline, like for you guys have a, your own biological child first and then adoption second. And it's, it's not like a, a backup plan. It's just more like, okay, let me get, you know, the, the reins and a feeling of like raising my own child before I bring in, you know, someone else that is a whole different learning curve in and of itself. Like, I guess, what are your thoughts on the assumption of it being a backup plan? Is yeah. that actually the case or no? Yeah. We have seen it be the case quite a bit that it is always the assumption. And I think, um, this is just my opinion, but I think as the numbers of international adoption have gone significantly down throughout the years, the numbers that are there, um, there is a large amount that it is people who are dealing with infertility. Mm-hmm. Um, and my heart goes out to anybody that that is their story. And I'm yeah. so glad that adoption is there for people like that. It's it's beautiful because it's it's such a beautiful way to be a mom or to be a dad. Um, mm-hmm. But I think um, we, in our experience, we have seen that most people do assume it to be. Like if they're not in the adoption community, with how the numbers have gone down, people don't even know much about adoption. Like lately, yeah. we will tell people that we're adopting and they kind of look at us like we have two heads, especially when we say we're adopting from India. They're like 
what is that? How does that work? And like the little bit of knowledge they do have about adoption, they instantly link it to, oh, you can't have kids. So you're adopting. Right. That's kind of where the assumption comes in. Especially if you don't already have a biological child. Yes. That's, yeah, that's a big one. Um, but yeah, like I think, um, it's, it's unfortunate that that is the the stereotype, but we grew up in, like I grew up in an adoption community. My um, grandparents adopted a child from Guatemala. Um, I had another cousin that was adopted domestically. And then our friends, like there were like, there was a huge community around us of kids adopted from India. And of those people, some of them, um, did have biological children and some of them didn't due to infertility. So there was, I, I would say used to be a big balance of both. Mm-hmm. And now it has shifted to being more of a solution to infertility, which is where this. I will say that's anecdotal. I don't know if any uh-huh. statistics on that, but that's kind of the general feel that we get from those yeah. that we've mm-hmm. talked to. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's just our experience. Yeah. Um, someone else might have a different opinion, but. Well, you mentioned that like when people ask you or say like, find out that you are adopting, mm-hmm. they're like, wait, whoa, how does that work? So that actually is the perfect next question. Uh, (laughs) Like genuinely, what does the adoption process look like? And can you talk a little bit about what it's been like? Because I know the timeline has been long and not fun. (laughs) Yes, yes. So um, every country has different guidelines and rules. Um, So we're going to specifically talk about India because we don't want to lead you astray and say something incorrect about another country. And it's generally somewhat similar because every every country has a little bit different guidelines but the kind of u.s side will be generically the same uh-huh. um, and there will be for sure similarities but yeah, like yeah. Said, this will be specific to india because that's what we yeah are. so for india um there's age requirements you have to be minimum of 25 and specifically you have to be um you have to have a 25 year minimum age difference of the child that you're adopting there's also i can't remember the specifics but there's also a like a cap age. You can't be older than a particular age. Um, there are some qualifications with like income and finances, but they're honestly very, um, like manageable and doable. Most people would qualify when it comes to finances. You have to be generally healthy. You have to be generally mentally healthy, but like that doesn't disqualify. Like I have hypoglycemia, I have asthma, I've had depression before. Like you will qualify with things like that. They just want to know that you're not like terminally ill or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So you do have to kind of like meet certain guidelines, but um, kind of jumping into like what the process looks like. um, Basically first you choose an agency in the country that you live. And that agency is the middleman and your advocate between you and the child and the country you're adopting from. So for us, um, we chose an agency, and um, once you choose an agency, they can help you answer all of your questions and make sure you are totally qualified to a T so you don't run into any issues later down the line. But then um, starts what they call the paper chase, which is a crazy season where you have to create a home study and a dossier. And basically what that is is just a massive crap ton of paperwork um, just about your family and about... Um, just like every detail. They need proof of employment. They need proof of a bank account. They need medical documents. They um, do a psychological evaluation, which was intimidating, but we got through it fine. (laughs) A lot of it's just kind of proving who you are to a crazy extent, but then also, yeah, a lot of personal information about you, kind of your fitness to be a parent Mm -hmm. and specifically for an adopted kid. Yeah, for sure. It kind of puts you through the ringer on all of those things. So during the home study, a local social worker, um, the agency that you choose does not have to be in your state, but your social worker does. They will come to your house and 
just walk through it, make sure there's nothing glaringly dangerous or anything, make sure it's a stable environment. Um, but yeah, you need backup checks, you need um, like fingerprinting through the FBI and just different things like that. And then once that dossier is and the home study is complete, um, you need to do some education um, about trauma training and what it is like inside of an adopted child's brain. So you are well equipped to raise this child mm-hmm. in their best, best interest and yours. Um, and then once you're done with all of that phase one, you have to go through a series of approvals from the Indian government and U.S. immigration. That can all take a while. And then you're matched with a child, which is like the moment you wait for for months. Um, you can be very specific on what age you would like. Um, sometimes you're only qualified for a certain age, like because in our case, you have to be 25 years older. That limits us to like only like a toddler or baby. But oh, um, you couldn't. We couldn't adopt adopt a 10-year-old. Okay. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, some of it is, like, requirements, and some of it is just preference, but you can go over ages. Um, And that bit is is country specific because we looked in some other countries and like Haiti, you have to be 30 years old minimum yeah. to adopt wow. at all. So mm-hmm. India, it was 25 years older than your particular child. But yeah, yeah. like I said, that, that does vary it does, yeah. vastly by country. So. Yes. Which is why yeah, I said that before, like this is just India, but mm-hmm. um, they do want you to be open to special needs. Your process will go quicker if you go the special needs route. And a lot of times the healthy kids are getting adopted by Indian citizens, but um a lot of times people get very nervous when they hear the term special needs or, you know, that these kids have medical needs. But honestly, these are such a large range that it can be. It could literally be a child with a cleft lip that is fixed in a single surgery, a club foot that is fixed in a, in a single surgery. It could be premature and low birth weight that maybe they just take a while to catch up, but they do catch up. And that's literally considered special needs. So, wow. um, it just depends on what God moves your heart to do. If he wants you to take a child that has something more severe, then I advise you obey him. And if you are only comfortable and if your health insurance only meets the needs of something more minor, there's totally options for that. So that's not a term that should scare people in the adoption process. And those kids are the, honestly the ones that need the most help. Um, once you match with a child, you go through the court process in India. This can be quick or unfortunately long. And then you travel. You travel to India and you're there for about two or three weeks. And um, you first go to the city that the child is located in, in their orphanage. And then you go to India's uh, capital, Delhi. You complete it and then you come home. And that's when the real fun begins. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. This makes my heart like start like beating faster and I'm not even the one adopting the child yet. (laughs) Yay. Evie, if you adopt because of this conversation, it's just... (laughs) Yes. 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 Okay. No, it's for now. <laughs> I love it. No, it's it's always been in my heart to adopt. I have a lot of family and friends who have adopted, and and Lynn and I have talked about it a lot already. Amazing. So it's it's not a new topic for us whatsoever. Awesome. Well, I hope that this can just like yeah, um, put some peace in pour, your heart. Pour gasoline like, on the fire. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it a little bit. Yep. I um, love it. Yeah. So. so fun. Listen up, entrepreneurs. Do you ever struggle with getting all of the nutrients that you need in a day? Because let's be real, you are busy as heck. Same. Introducing Athletic Greens. We've started taking AG1 because we wanted to see what all of the hype was about. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. 
This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Literally all the things. Yes, AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And a friend of ours describes it as white gummy bear flavor, and that is very accurate. (laughs) Yes, it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself, and your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in the winter months when you don't get as much sunlight. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash heart. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash heart to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Have you always dreamed of becoming a photographer, but you have just no clue where to start when it comes to operating an actual camera? Maybe you finally bought that fancy camera or you've dusted off that old DSLR sitting in your garage for way too long. You pull out the manual and everything just looks Greek to you. Yes, we have been there. And we vividly remember when we first started out as photographers asking anyone and everyone for help because we didn't know what to do or where to even start. Well, good news if that sounds familiar. Today, we are going back to the basics. If you are ready to create stunning, professional-looking work that you are dang proud of and actually know how the heck to operate your camera, download our free manual mode camera cheat sheet at theheartuniversity.com forward slash manual, and you'll be on your merry way to becoming an absolute pro in no time. One other thing to highlight in the adoption process of what it looks like is finances. And a lot of people don't adopt because of the finances, but we have found and our agency really recommends that like, do not let finances be a reason not to adopt. Um, It's expected that you're going to do fundraising. There are awesome organizations that give you grants. Um, There's so many ways to make it happen. Um, For India adoption, it is $40,000 and not a lot of people can just pull it out of their pocket. That's a large amount of money. When we started it was totally a leap of faith that we knew God would sustain and provide for. So yeah, putting I, it in context a little bit, just for us, like yeah. we had just bought our house that we moved into right now and we're in the process of remodeling. So we were pretty well tapped out and that was right when God put it on us. So yeah, we were like, Oh, like, really? wow, what timing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Truly your dependency goes straight to him in that moment. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Sure. Um, and it was funny cause like we needed this house to be done renovating in order to even pass our home study. So like mm-hmm. that was our main, like, Wow. financial like priority. Step. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's amazing what can happen when the kingdom comes together to fulfill a need that is there. Um, more needs would be filled more often. I feel like if people did this and it has really like challenged us with our generosity financially for needs around us, because at about three months into our adoption, we had already raised $30,000 and literally we were brought to our knees in tears. Um, There were people that did like digital fundraisers for us, raised a large amount in a single day. Um, Something really special. Um, These two ladies, uh, also um, the heart gifted um, our adoption was something that also brought us to our knees. And we're just so thankful that they went out on faith to trust God and to give in that way and that they are now forever a part of this child's story. And this child's legacy, like the whole trajectory of their life is being changed eternally and they're a part of it. So thank you, ladies. Of course. (laughs) I'm crying. (laughs) I I love that you highlighted the financial part of it though because I think that is a deterrent. Obviously, other than people just not knowing about it, not like seeing it visually and so they don't even think. and. And I think when they do think like adoption or like, I know that's like a huge deterrent of 
I'm just even considering it. And yes. so I love that you mentioned, like, don't let that be afraid. Like, Please it's don't. so true yes. though that like you can fundraise and like God works so much. Like, I mean, you've seen it in your own lives. I'm yeah. just like, absolutely. Your journey of like, so it's 40,000 and you've already raised or at, at three months. You yeah. Raised. So we're still kind of at that number. We, we need 10,000 left. And at this point we're like, God, you finished what you start. We're literally not overwhelmed by that. That's like, amazing. We're just mm-hmm. along for the ride. So really just, yeah, I want to brag on the Lord. He, he loves his children. Um, but yeah, as far as just like how our process has gone, the first whole like phase one of paperwork and all of that, it went by so fast. It really broke a lot of statistics and odds on how long that was supposed to be. Like our immigration approval, that's usually four months. It took six weeks. So wow. a lot of great things like that. And then we are in a waiting season right now, waiting on the Indian government to fulfill a particular step. And as soon as that happens, we will be matched and get to see our child's face. So that's literally, uh, it's hard on your heart, but we're, we're excited. (laughs) Well, I would love for you guys, if you're down to answer, like for anyone who is currently listening to this and feeling just a tug or, you know, an awakening or an eagerness in their heart or whatever to learn more about adoption or anything like that. Do you guys have resources or suggestions for kind of the best way for someone to begin exploring the the topic and process of adoption? Absolutely. Yeah. This is like something that's really close to our heart. We really, we want to see a day where a culture of adoption is amplified and adoptions normalized and where... Mm-hmm. We believe that God is asking people to search their hearts and have their eyes opened and maybe feel some uncomfy feelings, but really just to make room. There's mm-hmm. there's room in people's homes. There's room in people's hearts. And we believe that more people are actually called to adopt than what actually do. Mm-hmm. And there are literally children dying and it's within our control. So some practical things you can do if adoption is on your heart. Um, start with prayer. Ask the Lord, not if He can use you, but how and when and where. Um, not everyone can adopt. There might be circumstances in your life that allow you to not be able to adopt, but you can do something. And if there is interest in your heart to adopt, don't just let it sit there. It's there for a reason. God put it there. Um, allow yourself to feel the brokenness and the need that's out there. Like we're called to have our hearts be broken for what breaks God's heart. So, mm-hmm. Um, if you really like lean in to that pain and actually feel it, it'll be uncomfy as heck, but he will turn that pain into passionate action. And that is what you will need to get through the adoption process. If that is the the route you go, um, you can talk to adoptive families. You can reach out to us. We're an open book and we're happy to answer any questions or encourage you, pray with you, whatever you need. Um, we really recommend talking to adoption agencies. Um, they're the professionals. You can ask them any questions. They're usually very accommodating and we really recommend International Adoption Net. Um, they're also called IAN and that is who we are working with and they've been wonderful. And I can't speak for everybody that is in that realm, but... The people that are there, everybody that we've run into, I mean, they're there because they really care about these kids. So if, really if you do have any of those questions, I mean, if you can find an agency to reach out to, I mean, they, I'm sure will give you a lot of information because like I said, I mean, they're there because they want to solve problems for these kids. Yeah, so. they, yeah. they seem to really care, especially IAN, about the children, but also the families that the children are going to. So they really yeah. have everybody's best interest in mind. Um, there are great podcasts, books, social media accounts that... Um, you can learn from um, a podcast that is great for adoption. It's called the Defender Podcast. That's really great. That's put on by an adoption agency. Um, there are books to help you know how to navigate raising a child um, with their trauma needs, maybe some developmental delay. Um, the Primal Wound is a great option. The Connected Child is a great option. 
Um, there are social media accounts um, about adoption. Two of my favorites, I'll list really quickly. One is called Wilder Way, and it's a uh, Instagram account of a family who has adopted twice now, and um, they educate people on adoption and they sell vintage rugs to help facilitate and finance adoptions. Wow. I'd love to see a business combined with adoption. Yes, it's so good. I was so excited when I found that account. Morgan is wonderful. And then the other one is actually a personal friend of ours. Their Instagram is called Briarton Farm. They have a little girl adopted from India and she's precious. And it's just really an adoption advocacy page. And it's really, really encouraging. So those are some great resources. Wow. You just like dropped the gamut on everybody. So that's amazing. (laughs) If anyone's interested, go check out all those resources. Um, What are some misconceptions about adoption? Because I know there are many. Yes. Yes. And this is, I think, a huge reason why adoption has declined. Um, So yeah, we're going to jump in. We have a few that we're going to go over. Um, But yeah, one misconception that we were going to mention and we definitely touched on before is that adoption is only a plan B. We've established it's not. It can be for everybody. Um, Misconception number two that we've also touched on already is that only wealthy people adopt. Super false. Like statistics actually show that most people that adopt, like, financially can't be doing it. Like it's yeah. not something like it doesn't make sense. No, no, it's always a leap of faith and God always provides. I don't think I've ever heard of an adoption story that got canceled because of finances. Yeah. God will always um, come through if, if that's the journey he's bringing you on. Misconception number three, adoption is too hard. Uh, yes, it is hard. But what I always say to that is, is pregnancy and birth not hard? That's like one of the <laughs> hardest things that a human being can do. I'll rise up for the communal uh, podcasters right here. And I'll say, yes, that's true. <laughs> yes. So, um, is adoption overwhelming and hard? Yes, it is. But we think any way of bringing a child into your home is going to take sacrifice and it's going to take hard work and physic like pregnancy is physically hard. Emotion, uh, adoption is emotionally hard. And we kind of have this joke that it's the two P's it's pregnancy and paperwork. <laughs> pregnancy <laughs> and paperwork. Um, but it's so That's doable. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so doable and way more doable than what people realize. And if you are willing to birth a child because you love them that much, God will give you the strength you need to get through the adoption steps. And Mm -hmm. we want our future children, whether they're from my womb or from another's womb, to know that we walked through fire for them, that we would do anything for them, no matter what their story is, because we love them that much. Mm -hmm. So adoption's hard, but it's worth it. Um, Misconception number four, adopted children are not your own. And that's something I get really fiery about. <laughs> Colton, there'll definitely be times in the future you'll have to hose me down. Um, <laughs> ready. Yeah, he's ready. Um, adoption requires a different view of what family means. It's not based on blood or DNA. Children become yours through adoption. They are yours through adoption. Adoption is binding legally and spiritually, and they should always be viewed and loved the same as a biological child. So Amen. I just love would love to eradicate the phrase your own child. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. Number five, adoption children will be, a, our adopted children will be a burden. They won't attach. They'll upend their family. They'll be a, a burden and a hassle. Um, they will upend your family, but in the absolute best way. They will open your eyes as a parent or a sibling because I have experience now with both. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have all this experience yes, of literally yeah. having like two siblings that were from yes, India. Yes, absolutely. They'll open your eyes to a level of the father's heart that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. They will grow you as a person. They'll give you a bigger capacity to love and love in a very, very special way. And although attachment looks different for all children, it might come 
quicker for some than others with the right resources and strategies and even adoption therapists and education that you do in your adoption process, you are often very equipped to handle that. And most end up do attaching very, very beautifully. Mm -hmm. And whether your child is biological or adopted, we're never promised that raising them is going to be easy. They might either way make a rebellious decision or have medical needs or have trauma. Basically, like we're called to meet our children where they're at and love them through it. And it doesn't matter what their story is to get them there. So last misconception that we wanted to go over is that all adoptees are bitter about their story. And that's something that we've found to be like a really common view of it. And we would just like to speak into that and say that it is false and we can't speak for everybody's story. I know that there are some adoptees out there that maybe didn't have an upbringing that really tended to their story and to their trauma. Um, But that's why education is required now. You are given such great tools to be able to um, set them up for a very, very happy life. And bottom line, every adoption story, no matter what the details are, there is trauma and there is loss. When a child is separated from their birth mom, there's instantly sometimes a permanent wound there. But, and that is something that like adoptees will have to wrestle with. But I know from my siblings experience, they were confident in their story. They're, they love their story. They made peace with, you know, some unanswered questions about their birth mom and almost every adoptee that we know in our life, which is dozens, they're very happy and and at peace with their story. So Mm -hmm. that's just kind of our view. It's not something to be scared of. I love all of that. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like every single one. I've either believed in the past or like have just heard around, yeah. like you, yes. you just hear all these things. And I almost, I almost think a lot of that feeds into why those numbers are going down yes. for people here and they get scared. Like, what did, oh, what did you say? You said 2021, what was the number? 2020 was 1600 versus 2004 was 23,000. And obviously 2020 COVID, sure. But even, even 2018, I think it was, it was not much less than that. A few hundred more. Yeah. So. I almost wonder though, maybe this is me getting like spicy or just, I don't know. Like I I almost think it's like a cultural problem with this younger generation of not valuing kids as a whole. Yeah. So like, obviously like whether or not it's biological or adoption goes down even more because people more and more aren't even wanting kids of their own. So it's like, well, if they don't even want their own kids as far as like through birth, their minds are not being like, Oh, I'm going to adopt. They're not going to be open. Yeah. Right. They're just like, I just want to live my life. Like YOLO. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. It's true. It's the society that we live in. And, um, we definitely have fallen into that before. No, totally. We're totally in that. We're just like humbly saying like, yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to all of that, like God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. We literally said that on a podcast. I think this morning or yesterday, it was just like, it's great. (laughs) Hang on that phrase like daily. That's so good. That's so good. Well, and I also love that, um, I think like the culture of not wanting children is very selfish, Mm -hmm. whether or not that that's the reasoning for people not wanting kids. But I think adoption is the absolute opposite. It is the absolute visual and action of like agape love that like the father loves us with. It's just like, it's undying. I will, I will go across the seas. I will do anything for you to make sure that you no, you are loved. Absolutely. I mean, even we haven't even met our child yet. And I have such a deeper understanding of the way God loves us, which is still only a fraction in my human mind of what his love actually is. But loving this child, even from afar, not knowing their name, it's just like making us realize the the length and the depths that God 
does for us, that the ways he loves us and how we're called to be an outpouring of that love yeah. in a fraction of the way that he does. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very cool. And yeah, you'll definitely, um, grow as a person and, um, and with the Lord through adoption for sure. So. Yes. Oh my gosh. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for just being here and sharing so much of your story and your heart and what, you know, your journey has been shedding the light onto the process of adoption and what people can expect. I was going to say, yeah, like, you know, slamming down some misconceptions and everything. We are going to do two rapid fire questions to, to kind of wrap up this episode. And you know (laughs) that we are big book lovers. So if you guys are also readers, what is a favorite book that you've read recently? It can be adoption related or not or whatever. (laughs) Yes. So I feel like in the past, I typically um, will read things that like grow me as a person, like grow, grow my business, grow my marriage, grow my relationship with God. But with the season that we're in, and some of it's been kind of heavy, I needed something that was a break for my brain. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Yes. Amen. So I just finished something called Patterns of India. It was a book of um, photography from India and really dived into the state of Rajasthan. Absolutely gorgeous. Just makes me want to like book our flights tomorrow. Was it, was it like a picture book? It was With- like photography and a lot of information, just okay, like okay. breaking down each photo and the culture. And I was just like drooling on every page. Oh, so that's so cool. So, that's that, that was my like just like chill turn off my brain book. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Mine is definitely not edu- educationally there. It's just completely for fun, but that's okay. And it's a little bit nerdy. So he, he uh, has a nerdy side, guys. He yeah. Does. So I just finished the first book of The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's the Eye of the World. Just finished that a little bit ago. I already halfway through the second book in just like a week. So I love good. it. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. My brothers read that that series growing up. I haven't read it yet, but I'm very familiar with it. <laughs> That's funny. Well, and then also earlier uh, in this show, you said that if people have questions, they can reach out to you. So I'm also your fan freaking tastic photographers, like, which which we didn't even mention because we don't have time, but like (laughs) literally, um, where can everyone find you? Learn more about adoption, but also book you for photography if they want to, because you're awesome. Yeah, yes. And they, you drive everywhere. We do. We will, <laughs> unless you're across the ocean, we'll fly to you. But otherwise, <laughs> we'll probably drive. Um, yeah. Our photography website is CheyenneLowPhotos.com. That's the name of the brand. And you can contact us through there for photography inquiries or any kind of questions. And then for Instagram, our handle is shy underscore low. And it's a unique combo of our wedding photography and adoption updates somehow that's working oh, that's I great. Love it. great we love that people love personal information yeah. so that's great um and we will drop that in the show notes so that way Perfect. you don't have to like spell it or anything yeah, we, got yeah. it. we got you but thank you so much for being here thank you thank for you breaking that all down and just like demystifying a lot of stuff like we said i think that just so many people need to hear this mm-hmm. so many people need to understand um like the reality just because it's not in front of our face doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Yes. Yeah. We just need to really allow ourselves to feel it and go there and just ask God where he would use us. And we're so thankful and just like humbled and honored to be a voice for these children. So thank you guys so much for having us. Thank you for being a voice. Both of you guys. Thank you for being here.